you were about to enter. Chuck versus the podcast. The place for people who love Chuck and the people who work on Chuck. The only show that takes you behind the scenes with the stars. Yvonne Strahovski. Zachary Levi. Joshua Gomez. Ryan McPartland. Adam Balba. Sarah Lancaster. Interactive interviews. Julia Wing. Phil Clemmer. All the cast. Dixon High. Tony Hale. Scott Krinsky. Marcus for Lawrence. Anita Federici. Fun hosts. This is Mel. This is Liz. Now you can see how wacko we are. The writers. Allie Adler. Scott Rosenbaum. Zev Faro. The editors. Matt Barber. Jeff Granville. Kevin Mock. Contests. We are giving away a check press kit. The directors. Jason Enzler. Norman Buckley. The guest stars. Steve Austin. Kristen Griff. The music. This is Tim Jones. Guest hosts. I'm Kaylee from Toronto. Conventions. Lights come up and here comes Jeffster out on stage. Set visits. This is the guy right here. And much more. Are you ready? This is Gray. This is Mel. This is Liz. And we want to welcome you to Chuck versus the Podcast, episode 56, for Friday, May 21st, 2010. And oh my goodness, I'm still just loving the fact that Chuck is renewed. Yay, Chuck, season four! <laughs> yeah, bring it on, bring it on. We've got our overnight ratings for Chuck versus the Living Dead, which aired on May the 17th. It aired against the House finale, the season finale for House. So it remained flat in the demo uh, compared to last week. About 5.2 million viewers turned it, tuned in for Scott Bakula's return as Papa Bardowski. Mm-hmm. Um, that earned the show a 1.9 in that 18 to 49 demo, which is about, it's the same as the last two weeks. And um, yeah, well, I mean, this is a, still a series low for Check that 1.9, but clearly NBC is confident in uh, its potential for next season. So we're, we're glad that season four is on the way and cannot wait for the season finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. In other news, though, um, this is really exciting news for our friends across the pond. We finally have a premiere date for Chuck season three in the UK. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! They've been waiting and emailing and asking, when's it coming here? Yeah. Oh, we've got it for you. After months of rumors, Radio Times has confirmed the season three debut of Monday, May 31st at 9 p.m. on Virgin One. So uh, we don't have air dates for other countries yet, but at least someone else is getting Chuck season three. Mm-hmm. And, Celebrate. Uh, yeah. And I know that something that uh, was bittersweet about the renewal um, and people were twittering, twittering like crazy about it was that we had this great, great news about the renewal. And then one by one, we started hearing a little bit of fallout uh, in the writer's room. And uh, I'll recap a little bit about what happened. Um, There were three or four executive uh, producers other than Chris Fiedek and Josh Schwartz. Uh, One of them was, of course, Scott Rosenbaum, who left a few months ago to be the showrunner of V. We found out on Thursday that Matt Miller, another executive producer and senior writer, uh, went to be the showrunner of Human Target, which was renewed for a second season. And then we found out on Friday that Ali Adler, who was another executive producer and senior writer, is leaving to go uh, do No Ordinary Family for ABC. And then uh, I broke the news late Friday that Phil Klemmer is also leaving. Um, and so this this represents, of course, Scott was a few months ago, but three senior writers from Chuck that uh, are leaving the show. 
and people were up in arms about it. They didn't understand why would they do this. Um, and, and of course, we've seen in the podcast that these people have developed a little bit of a following. Um, and it's it's part of what our goal was in the podcast is we wanted to take these people from behind the scenes and put them in front of the scenes and 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 uh, let the fans get to know the people who are making Chuck. And so I th- I think that's a great thing. And and these people have really loved interacting with the fans. And I think it's made Chuck a, a much stronger show. But the the effect of that is that uh, um, that when they leave, it's it's all that much harder. And so. I took it upon myself to revive my blog and uh, write a pretty detailed blog post about my thoughts on the issue. I, I can't get into all of it right here, but I urge you to go to chuckpodcast.com and look for uh, the link on the uh, bottom right for uh, Gray's blog, Shades of Gray, and look for the top post. It's called TV Writers versus Early Pickups. And there's a very detailed blog in terms of um, exactly what happened. It has nothing to do with these writers not liking the show. Um, it was an incredibly painful thing for them to have to do. But what happened, in a nutshell, was that Chuck was one of the last pickups to be announced. And some of these other shows were announced weeks before. And and if you remember what happened for the last few weeks, we've had 1.9 ratings and it and the prevailing wisdom was that 1.9 ratings were going to mean that Chuck was not going to be renewed. So you've got these writers who are hearing that Chuck probably won't be renewed, and uh, and their chances for jobs <laughs> for the coming year are are falling away by the day. And so they had to make purely financial decisions. Um, these had nothing to do with uh, with Chuck, but just purely financial that they want to feed their families <laughs> they want to um, have a job next year and uh, and so there's it, that's that's a simplification there's a lot more to it than that um, there's also some good news too I actually had a, a discussion with my daughter today um, she's moving from grade one to grade two and she said but daddy what if my friends aren't in the class next year and and I said well you know you're gonna make new friends and you're also gonna keep your old friends and uh, and I thought well, that's perfect for understanding. I mean, I don't. It's really simple. But you know, uh, Ali Adler's going on to No Ordinary Family. I saw the preview for that today, and it looks hot. It looks awesome. Um, I'm gonna love following Ali Adler to that show. When I watch that show, I'm gonna look for her writing style. I, I know that I like her writing style, and I and I just know I'm gonna like that show. Um, we've seen with Rafe and Lauren. Uh, who came on the podcast last week? That they can do some killer episodes. They're, I mean, they've they've really not written a whole lot. This is, uh, I mean, they wrote a few episodes of My Own Worst Enemy, and now they're here on Chuck and writing some amazing episodes. If this is an example of what new writers can do, new blood is great. So we're gonna get some new fresh blood on on Chuck, and who's to say that they're they're not gonna be just as good or even better? Um, and uh, and of course we still have Josh Schwartz and Chris Fedak um, leading the room. Uh, we still have Zev Burrow. We have Max Denby. Uh, we have Rafe and Lauren. Um, so there's there's a lot of people there in the room that were there last year, um, and uh, and yet we also get to follow Matt Miller, 
to human target. We were able to follow Scott Rosenbaum to V, which was renewed. We're able to follow Ali Adler to No Ordinary Family. And uh, I don't think I'm at liberty to say yet where Phil is going, but I think you'll like following him there too. So um, it's it's really, it's, it's hard to, to deal with it. Um, I urge you to read that blog and also read, there's a really good comment thread where people ask some really intelligent questions and, and we're able to talk through some of these issues. I urge you to read the comments as well. Um, I think by the end of this, we're going to see that it's really a win-win. But um, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, like you said, it is bittersweet, but um, I think like it, it's a win-win for scripted television. It seems mm-hmm. it seems to me that Czech is kind of a breeding ground for talented writers. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing is, is that uh, networks are realizing that, okay, uh, all reality all the time is not going to cut it. You know, it may be cheap to produce, but the advertisers don't really want to put their money behind it because it's, you know, it, there there is a certain cachet that comes from having these really quality scripted programs. And as a result, our writers are in demand. You know, we've known for a long time that Check is one of the, the best written shows on television. And now other networks are saying, yeah, so we want that one and we want that one and we want this one. And you know, I just I trust that the environment that's been set up on Chuck in the writers' room will bring us and cultivate more um, really talented writers that will bring us more exciting episodes and continue uh, with the character development that we love while we get to experience these writers that we already know on these new shows. Mm-hmm. And you know, one really really good comment that came that I, I thought was uh, was great is what, what we saw with Rafe and Lauren is that they were actually big fans of the show before mm-hmm. starting on Chuck, mm-hmm. which is a huge benefit. So these new yeah. writers that are coming in, who knows? They, they might be shippers. They yeah. might be, <laughs> you know, they, they might be people who, who really understand the voices of mm-hmm. from being fans of the show. So... Like, they, they, there's good sides to the coin too. Yeah, that's how I look at it. You know, the um, the writers that are leaving, of course, two of them are going to shows that I watch anyway. Um, Human Target and V I, are fantastic. I'm so excited they're coming back next year. And with Chuck writers, wow, I'm really looking forward to next year. But um, yeah, you know, um, these people, they laid the groundwork. They laid an excellent foundation. They built up Chuck to what it is now. And, um, so I kind of look at it as a passing of passing the torch kind of thing. Um, new ideas, fresh ideas, just different. I mean, they were excellent writers on Chuck and now we're just going to get, I don't know. I, it's, it's still going to be good. It's all going to be good. I'm glasses half full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I do urge you to, to read my blog. Um, I think you will get a lot from it. I've, I go into great detail about uh, the writer's room and and um, and what these people's roles are and, and uh, some things that I think would be both educational, informative, and also help uh, help to deal with this news about about the writers. And and I urge you if you if you have other questions, um, put them on that comment thread so that other people can see your questions and we can address them publicly. It's really nice to be able to have a public forum like that where um and grace since you've worked in the industry as a writer and you know and editor and you've worn several different hats mm-hmm. in the industry it's i think it's helpful 
for fans to be able to come to you and say, okay, can you explain what's going on here? And to be able to trust your insight because you, you've been there, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen it happen over and over. Writers are constantly going from project to project. So I, I find it reassuring. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you have another thing that was reassuring. Yes. And this came out, this is a study that came out last week uh, by Optimedia. And what it does is it goes beyond the traditional Nielsen viewer ratings and it ranks network and cable programs um, across television, web, and mobile platforms. And then this year they added uh, Facebook fan count and Nielsen buzz metrics, which is uh, it kind of quantifies things like the number of friends a TV show has on Facebook and the what they call the sentiment of conversations on blogs and chat rooms related to these different shows, meaning uh, kind of how the fans are responding what the tone of fan response is to these different shows. And so instead of just measuring how many people are watching a show, it's trying to quantify how people are reacting to shows and how they're interacting with it uh, via social media and these other platforms. So uh, the, the study that came out last week was for the top, it listed the top 25 shows as far as uh, fan involvement. Uh, audience size, what they call cross-platform audience size. So again, it's television, web, and mobile. Meaning, um, if you're watching Chuck on Hulu, they are including that information. Uh, And then advocacy, which we're all familiar with that, Mm -hmm. and involvement. And Chuck landed at number 25 on that list, just behind the Big Bang Theory, Hmm. ironically. One of our strongest competitors from last season. And then another study from a company called Networked Insights was just released um, earlier this week. And it also measures social network interaction for television shows. And they ranked Chuck at number 17 on their list of most social media interactions um, just behind So You Think You Can Dance. So the gist of it is that although Chuck's weekly ratings may not be that fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, it, it has one of the most involved fan bases of all networking cable shows, which... We already knew that, but it's mm. nice to have some scientific proof of the fact that Chuck is more than its Nielsen rating. Mm-hmm. And and just so you know, number 25 or number 17 out of hundreds, hundreds. of shows is really mm-hmm. good. Yes, because they're not just looking at network shows. They're looking at cable shows as well. Mm-hmm. So. And reality shows. Mm-hmm. And reality shows. Yes. Which is huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Chuck placing fairly high on those lists is significant. And I think that um, obviously the decision to renew came before the, um, the networking in- networked insights report came out this week, but the Optimedia report, I have to think that NBC took, was taking some of that information into account when they decided to go ahead and give us that fourth season. Mm-hmm. Well, and they did actually um, in their press release, they said that they can't, they counted more than just the Nielsen numbers. Mm-hmm. So good on them. Yep, yep. It's it, it's an exciting time to be a fan and of a, of this show and a, a fan of technology and watch how it's changing, how um, people measure, how networks measure the quality of a show, the worth of a show, and whether to keep it on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Now, be, before we finish the news and and get on to listener emails and all that, I did want to bring up. One thing, um, Alan Sepinwall uh, made a statement that he thought that um, that Chuck was just kind of a stopgap, 
that uh, NBC was was bringing it back because it was comfortable on Monday night, um, but that they didn't have long term plans for it. Mm. Um, that's that's one thing that I I mean I don't agree with. Um, yeah. I mean I don't know what's going on behind those doors, but uh, I don't think anybody can prognosticate like that. Um, uh, I would have to think if you if you read that that's just one person's opinion that I don't think uh, the majority share. That comes from the pre- the comments that they made at their upfronts, mm-hmm. where they said that uh, something to the effect of we couldn't ditch our entire schedule and Chuck does well for us on Mondays. So that's one way to interpret it is, um, you know, we don't have anything else to throw in that time slot. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're going to keep it. Further on in those remarks that I, I think he didn't include was something about that um, Chuck is a proven winner in that time slot for them mm-hmm. uh, and, and that they felt that they could build a night around Chuck at this point. So it's, yeah. you know, and, and it's a big vote of confidence that they, they didn't pair it up with undercovers. Um, a lot of people thought they would have, but mm-hmm. um, they they want this to lead the night. Um, and they're they're saying they want undercovers to do the same same thing on Tuesday, so they they really believe in Chuck as as a a motivator for a couple of shows that that are not necessarily sure winners. Um, the 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 event and Chase are, are are the ones that I'm thinking about. Right. Well, Chase is from Jerry Bruckheimer, mm-hmm. who has a pretty good track record in television. So that's um, that's a good anchor for that ten o'clock slot. On Monday nights, um, mm-hmm. the event—I don't know—it could go either way. It's yeah. ambitious. It could be the next Lost, or it could be the next uh, Day One, or Flash Forward, or Flash Forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. But all I know is, if we keep doing what we're doing, um, mentioning Chuck to all our friends and getting the ratings up, I think we'll see Chuck around for quite a while. I hope so. Yep. Well, let's hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to our listener emails. <laughs> uh, so uh, now I, <laughs> this is an example. I may need you guys to help me with this. Um, the person was very helpful and, and gave a pronunciation key, um, but I don't know what a calla lily is. Is it calla lily? Yeah. Okay. It's a okay. flower. It's a flower. Yeah. Okay. So now that I know what the pronunciation key is, I think I I can get her name right. Her name is Kala, and it's pronounced like Kala Lily, and she's from Seattle, Washington. And she writes, I am super excited for Chuck's renewal, and I can't believe how amazing this past season has been. This past Sunday, a friend and I went to a Frightened Rabbit concert. And as you may know, Frightened Rabbit has been featured on Chuck plenty of times, i.e. Keep Yourself Warm and Backwards Walk, to name a few. Well, I got to talking to some of the people at the concert, and surprisingly, a majority of them had become fans of Chuck through Frightened Rabbit. I met with some of the bandmates, and even they had become fans of Chuck through their own music. This got (laughs) me to thinking about the phenomenal music selection on Chuck, and how Alexander Patsavas, the music supervisor for the show, has really contributed to gathering a fan base. She and her team have been doing such an excellent job that I just wanted to say thank you and to congratulate her on a job well done. The music selection on the show is very powerful and poignant and is a great way to generate an audience, especially that very important 18 to 49 demographic. I'm 23 
And I too aspire to be a music supervisor, so I look forward to each episode and what Alexandra and her team bring to the table. Also, here's a picture that my friend and I got with a lead singer of Frightened Rabbit, and you'll see that on the podcast now. My friend Heather is on the left, and I am on the right. Thank you so much for all the time you three put into the podcast. I love listening. Chuckily, Kala. Uh, so, Kala, thank you so much. That's a great story. Um, and I, I believe it. Uh, and, boy, that's just one band that's been featured on Chuck. So I hope that we have similar stories from the other bands that, uh, that have been featured. I love that the band became a fan because yeah. the song was on there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's cute. Well, Justin from Rochester, New York writes in, and it harks back to what we were talking about just a couple of minutes ago. He says, if Chuck has really been a bubble show for the last two years, why do they keep it in the same time slot? If NBC was so dissatisfied with its performance in the ratings, wouldn't it try moving it to a different time or different night to experiment? Might keeping it in the same time slot be a sign that they are more pleased with the show than we think? Well, Justin from Rochester, New York, I think you may have hit on something here. I think he's right. This is something we've been um, talking to fans about a little bit recently um, that they've been saying we need a new time slot. Mondays are brutal. Mondays are brutal. The fact of the matter is NBC has tried other shows in that time slot while Chuck was on hiatus and they get slaughtered. Mm -hmm. um, that was part of the, that time slot was part of the downfall of heroes. Yeah. So um, yeah, NBC is, is, you know, I, I know that they wish that they had, higher ratings for for chuck and for that time slot but so far chuck is the winner chuck is what is keeping the the night from being a total loss because even after chuck the the shows that are, are airing after it well both of them have been canceled as a matter of fact yeah. mercy mercy and law and order were airing after chuck this season and they they're both gone so um yeah justin i think you hit the nail on the head there mm -hmm. you always know where to find chuck yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, General One is really excited, and I was excited to read this email. General One says, good. I opened the ChuckTV.net webpage and saw Chuck was renewed. Yay! Bad. <laughs> then I looked at some more news and saw that Allie Adler was leaving Chuck. No! <laughs> Hopefully we've calmed, calmed your, your nerves about that, General One. Yeah. Good again. I was really bummed when until I heard the podcast 55 interview with Rafe and Lauren. And um, hopefully that was encouraging. I loved this interview. As sad as I was to lose Allie Adler, it was wonderful to get to know Rafe and Lauren. It was so nice to hear how they were Chuck fans before they became writers for the show. They know the characters and have been true to who they are as the show developed. It was good that Allie was able to get Chuck and Sarah together before she left, and she left the show in very good hands with Rafe and Lauren. I'm glad they're involving Morgan and Ellie more. I don't consider myself a shipper, but relationships like friends and family are such a special dimension for each of the Chuck characters. And it was really cute to hear their excitement about writing for the actors and sneaking away to watch Yvonne's, uh, to watch Yvonne's fight scene in the, in the wife beater shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone have more fun on their job than these two? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast gave such great insight into the process of developing an episode. Hearing about the dynamics between the writers and production crew was fascinating. 
before this interview, I had the impression that things were compartmentalized. But in this interview, I really got the feeling that there was a lot of interchange between everyone involved with the show. Thank you, Gray, Mel, and Liz, for all your work in producing the website and this podcast. Awesome, General One. Mm-hmm. We were as excited as you. And um, uh, talking to Rafe and Lauren was was a ton of fun. It's always and, – and just as we were talking before – um, that they're fans of the show, that's going to reflect a whole lot. Uh, I think just as you're able to pick out the Allie Adler, Adler episodes, you'll be able to do the same increasingly with Rafe and Lauren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I do want to remind everybody that um, Rafe and Lauren aren't the only writers that are left. Um, there's also Max Denby. There's also um, uh, Zev Burrow, who wrote the Chuck comic book. Um, and of course, uh, Chris Fiedak and Josh Schwartz are still writing scripts. So, uh, we've got a lot of the same writers and we're going to get some new ones. I think though, it's just encouraging for fans to see that, okay, there's new blood and it's good. Yeah. We're excited. They're excited. We're excited. So as they're, uh, restaffing the writer's room over the next couple of months, I, I think we can rest assured that they're going to choose people that are going to be true to the show mm-hmm. and, and bring in, but at the same time, bringing in some fresh ideas. So, yeah. One, one of my favorite lines that came in though, was, um, uh, uh a fan, Nicola Burke, who said, La Judkins, dare I say it, <laughs> they could be the new alley 2.0. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a very cute way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And I've now started calling them La Judkins. So. Yeah. I hope they're they're ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Everybody gets a hyphenate or a, or some kind of name like that uh, in the course of Chuck. So anyway, we're gonna move on to Chuck versus the Living Dead, episode three seventeen, which is the last episode before the season finale, the two part season finale, and written by oddly enough Rafe Judkins and Lauren Lafranc. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a better segue. Yes, we've had some really bad ones. That was one of the better ones, I think. We've had some clunkers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we we generally talk about what we loved about the episode, and every now and then we get emails from y'all or comments saying, "Don't you guys ever not like something in uh-huh. an episode?" So I thought that for a change, this time around, I would go ahead and admit that yeah, I I had a couple of quibbles with this episode. Uh, just a couple of little things though. Mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to bring them up first so that we could then move on to what we really liked because that's going to probably be the majority of the discussion. I disagree. Um, no, I, I, no, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> it's a historical moment, folks. Mark your calendars. We disagreed. No, that, that was subterfuge. I, I really agree with you. I think that's a great thing to do. <laughs> um one of one of the things that bugged me and i've seen several other people comment about this on the on checktv.net and on twitter is that okay the the scene where casey was interrogating sarah about her weekend with shaw Mm -hmm. in hopes of getting Chuck to flash which i thought was hilarious by the way Mm. check objection relevance (laughs) (laughs) banging his head on the table and sarah down like this you know she's trying you know get through it that was it was kind of painful to watch, but it was very well written. It was mm. funny. But she's wearing earrings that a guy who drugged her, kidnapped her, and tried to kill her 
fought for her on a romantic weekend. I, I'm sorry, but I don't think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were diamonds. I don't care. <laughs> Sell them. What <laughs> else? I, I don't know. That just that that bugged me a little bit. Now, a couple of people have said, "Well, what if you know, in context of Sarah's character and, and the fact that she took him out quickly and kind of was looking a little um, guilty might be might be a strong word, but um, maybe had just realized, oh, that is weird, you know, because she hasn't had a lot of practice in um, social nuances, the social, mm-hmm. you know." So maybe it just didn't occur to her. Maybe it was, as Liz says, they're diamonds and I like them. So I'm going to keep them. Whereas I would. Would you really? Just I refresh love- my memory. Um, she she kind of twists her earrings. or, she, or but She puts her hair in front of her ears to kind of hide them. Now, it could also just as well be saying, oh, don't think these were bought at that time. Uh, that's true because she doesn't actually admit mm-hmm. anything really. But she doesn't. She does not admit that those were purchased by him. So there, I mean, there is a gray area there. But I don't know. That just that was just, and that's why it's not a major thing for me. But it was mm-hmm. enough for me to go, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing those earrings. So, and there was also a little bit. There was some timeline discrepancy in that mm-hmm. whole when she's recounting that weekend, uh, mostly down to the fact that supposedly that happened before. American hero when she and Shaw went to that restaurant and Shaw says, this is the first time we've done this. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've gone out, you know, to dinner, you know, a romantic dinner. And we now know that they had done that in Washington, DC. So minor stuff, but just enough that it had me kind of jolted out of the episode, the experience of the episode to think now, now wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't make sense, or that's just weird. But I don't. I mean, argue, arguments could be made that it's perfectly in character for Sarah to have kept those earrings, and that perhaps that dinner at uh, whatever that French restaurant was was in fact business, and therefore, in American Hero, that was their first time going on a date mm-hmm. out to dinner. So, I don't know. so like I said, minor stuff overall. Yeah. In an episode that delivered some huge cliffhangers. Yeah. Well, not just cliffhangers, but um just huge stuff going on. Yes. <laughs> like Papa Bartowski. Hey. hey. I I mean everybody says every moment he's on screen is just delicious. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I was thinking that too. Well, and, and just to watch him, he could be doing nothing and he's interesting. Yeah, like he like he's fiddling with a watch, and he's, and he's just so interesting to watch, and um and the way he interacts with him and commu- like with the way he talks to to his kids, um you just get so much about their history just by watching the way he's he's uh, he's playing those characters, um which actually would lead to if I if I had a quibble, I, I, that one actually just flew right by me and I didn't mind that stuff. Um, and I love Rafe and Lauren, love the episode. But if I had a quibble, um, it would be that we had um, repetition, 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 repetition of the lying theme through the episode. And a lot of it was really fun. Like I loved the whole thing with Morgan and Devin and going through a day in the life of Devin and, yes. and, and that kind of thing. 
Um, but I but I felt like particularly with Papa Bartowski, who has been established as a ridiculously smart guy, mm-hmm. um, to go through so many repetitions of Chuck lying to him. And we know that, I mean, he's been a super spy. Papa Bartowski has been Orion, this this a made uh, this major elusive super spy, and and that he would go through so many levels of of Chuck even trying to lie to him and and not just saying okay fine, this is the truth. I thought it was just a little stretched. That's what got me is that Chuck tried to lie to him because Papa Bartowski did keep you know shooting holes in what he was telling him. Mm-hmm. It did keep coming back to him and saying, okay, now you said this, and yet here's what I see. Um, you know, I see that Casey's working at the Bymore. I see that you're, that Sarah's living with you. How are you not still involved with the CIA? And so then Chuck tries another lie, and then he, you know, shoots holes in that one, too. And, yeah, that got, that got old. Um, mm-hmm. I, and there was lying going on in every storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, the thing that, um, that actually didn't bug me i thought was uh was true to character was sarah's response um and that that was something that uh i i found actually quite interesting i i had to think about it a little bit and i realized that that she has been so used to the spy life involving lying that even though she knows and we mentioned this a little bit in the last podcast even though she knows that chuck is lying um she doesn't press it as urgently as as you think she might. She does hit a point where she hilariously pulls Morgan aside and uh, and beats it out of him. <laughs> that was that was scary, Sarah, right there. <laughs> yeah, but I but I actually love the fact that even though she knows Chuck is lying to her, it it just it doesn't bug her as much as it might, and she still loves him. Mm-hmm. I think it may be the kind of lie that was being told. It mm-hmm. was he didn't. It wasn't anything malicious that, you know, he was trying to hide another woman from her, say, mm-hmm. or um, something like that. It was something that he thought that would worry her. So it was it was on her behalf that he lied wrong or right. Um, she, I think probably it, it um, smoothed things over just a little bit for her mm-hmm. when she realized that. Or, and mixed with, you know, what you were saying that being part of the spy life, for so long it's just she she just takes it all in 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 tow she did have a split second and this is, again goes to Yvonne's excellent acting skills when she realizes what Chuck is doing when he's talking to his dad mm-hmm. at the Bymore yeah when she realizes that he's lying you see this just flash across her face of what is what's he doing oh and she gives this tiny little nod and then she's in mm-hmm. she just totally backs him up and those kinds of little tiny little nuances are are so wonderful in fleshing out that character, uh, and I didn't catch it, Gray, until you had said that when we were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I remembered, oh, that's right, she had that little flash, proving once again how the two of them being together could could work mm-hmm. is working, is working, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, there's a, there was a whole bunch of other stuff going on in the episode. Um, I loved uh, the the way that Papa Bartowski and Ellie communicated with each other with in the code. That was cool. I love the fact that Papa Bartowski didn't need a decoder. Ellie had a little chart that she was getting the numbers and letters from, but he just did it all in his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, and his his lair with the uh, all the stuff behind the the wood. Oh, that was a neat reveal. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice that when he's around, when he was with um, uh, Ellie cooking dinner or breakfast, or what was the was the breakfast he was cooking? Breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, when he's with either her or Chuck, he's kind of with these jerky movements and he's kind of hunched over, but he gets back in his own place and, you know, I don't know, his whole physique kind of changed. You know, he was sure he was, you know, Orion. Um, was that, did I just kind of, no, you're right. Yeah. And I, I, I think you, you get the fact that he's, he's been acting like a nobody around them to try to hide his spy life. Mm-hmm. So really, in a sense, actually, if you go deep deeper, he's been lying to them for so long. Exactly. There are so many lies flying around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I did notice that, Liz. It's it was wonderful to watch him though. You know, Scott Bakula, he's just such a wonderful actor, and those kinds of things, he could just switch it on and switch it off like that. I loved it. Loved mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. And Jeffster. Jeff or Jeff and the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, wind, fire, and rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hips of a six year old girl. Use a My favorite line of the whole night. Uh huh. Six year old girl. Yeah. Yeah. He took the stir. The stir has left the building. Well, my favorite lines actually all came in the end. The uh, the the fight sequence when Sarah. Throws the hatchet. Throws the hatchet that, that stops the knife. And he says, does she have the intersect too? <laughs> no, it's all her. Hi, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, that. Just tacking on that. Hi, honey. Yeah. <laughs> He's so proud of, of his, his girlfriend, who's awesome. Yeah. That was an excellent line. Yeah. I love how they ended the show with Chuck writing out his spy will. And as he's writing out his will... All these other things are going on. Including. Actually, two dun-dun-duns. Yeah. Well, Ellie. Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. Bless yeah. her heart. Locked into that room. She thinks she's doing the right thing. Yeah. She well, yeah, you could see it. You know, you could see that she's, you know, thinking that uh, she's trying to keep her family safe. And, boy... What's going to happen if she finds out? I mean, for all we know, Ellie could think that the ring is the good guys. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? So we've got uh, Casey knocked out and in, uh, well, he's coming to, but he's pretty incapacitated. Yeah. Ouch, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Ow. But also, okay, Jelly fans. John Casey slash Ellie Shippers, I know you're out there. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really seeing it. I'm really seeing it. It's weird. Uh-huh. But the fact that he knew something was up with her, and so now he's watching her, and he's kind of he's trying to be protective. I, I don't I don't know. It's just not the Casey I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It's not. And then you know, poor guy gets beamed on the head with the and the back. Get twice with a frying pan. Yeah. Gosh. Well, and and uh, and something um, I really liked was so in 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 the first season we deal with Chuck's intersect not being updated by Bryce giving him the sunglasses that that give him the new flash. 
Um, in season two, we get Intersect 2.0. Uh, now we've got these issues with the Intersect overheating. I love this governor thing that uh, his dad's going to build for him. Because um, we were talking last podcast about how, well, yikes, this this could be a huge issue um, for him going forward. And I like that they're dealing with that. I actually expected him to give him his own. I don't know what I was thinking there. Well, he said he's going to build him, check one. Yeah, but I thought he was just going to pass him, you know, the one that he had already. Well, the one the one that he has only works with an old version of the Intersect. It doesn't work with the new Intersect 2.0. That's what I didn't get. Yeah. Okay. And apparently it's what's keeping him alive. Yeah. Which, wow. That's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, um, it's, it's really interesting that um, Papa Bartowski has a, like a prototype Intersect mm-hmm. in him. Um, that's obviously really unstable and it's got some abilities, but what abilities we don't know. So I'm, I'm wondering how much that's going to play out in the next couple of episodes. And I kind of embarrassed myself on the forum when I said, I thought he had the Papa Bartaski had been de-intersected. Did we know he still had the intersect? And at some point during the long hiatus, somewhat how I have this memory of Papa Bartaski being de-intersected when Chuck was. But I guess that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. I may need to rewatch some episodes from season two. Yeah. But we also then had Shaw's return. Mm-hmm. Which is- See, now that, I didn't believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I didn't believe that was really him. Even at the very end there, I I still thought it was some twist. Well, they, still- had a, they had a faint there with Justin being the one coming into his apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her thinking it was Shaw. Uh, Sarah thinking it was Shaw. I guess so, that's why I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, threw everybody off. But there's been quite a stir about that, about Shaw's return. And, oh, no, we don't want him back. We don't want him back. But I got to thinking about it. And it's such a comic, classic comic book storyline mm-hmm. to have this guy who comes in and he's something of a paragon. He's this expert on a, on a topic. He's an expert on these bad guys. And he's got this kind of tragic past in that his wife has been killed by the bad guys who he's seeking revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's already got vengeance on the brain. And then he falls for someone who, you know, quite possibly it's the first time since his wife died that he's been attracted to anybody. And they kind of start to get close. And then he discovers that she, in fact, killed his wife, mm-hmm. comes unhinged ends up flipping loyalties and working for the bad guys, gets killed, and, you know, it, it seemingly is can't survive and yet somehow does and is now back as, you know, the nemesis. Mm-hmm. He's got the intersect. Yeah. So he's the first real competition, uh, the real um, someone who could actually take Chuck down. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's classic comic book. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how it's going to play out. See what what else they do with that. Well, the trailer for next week certainly gets the blood pumping, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now it's a little little bit of a, of a spoiler warning. Um, not everybody saw the the trailer for next week. As a matter of fact, I think probably as men, as much as fifty percent because they were talking about West Coast not getting it, but here in the East Coast we didn't get it either. Right. We didn't get it. We yeah. didn't get it central time either. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so I would say if you haven't seen the trailer 
and spoilers bother you, don't watch it. Don't get it on the internet because it is one of the most spoilery previews of any that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I, out of respect for people who don't like spoilers, we should probably move any further discussion to uh, to the spoiler section. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> forget we said that. Zip yeah. it. Cancel, cancel. Zip it. <laughs> cool. But what we don't want to zip is our sponsors. That's right. We love our sponsors. We want to thank moviemorons.com for their sponsorship of Check versus the Podcast. Movie Morons is a podcast about film from people who are smart. They're not morons. Mm-hmm. So if you're a movie fan and you like uh, discussion, discussing films and hearing other people discuss films, you need to check out moviemorons.com. Our other sponsor is SyrianJunkies.de. Mm-hmm. It's the largest German language television fan site out there. They have everything, uh, including a lot about Czech. So if you know you're German, if you can say Auf Wiedersehen or more, then you want to check out SyrianJunkies.de. And they've got some exciting things in the works for their site. So stay tuned for some more information about that in a future podcast. But again, SyrianJunkies.de and MovieMorons.com are sponsors at Check versus the Podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we'll start, start to wrap things up before the spoilers. And we want to remind you to check out our old episodes at chuckpodcast.blip.tv. Um, you can always go to chuckpodcast.com and find out uh, about all that we've been doing. And there's a lot of other links, including to my blog. And I would uh, urge you, uh, as I said before, to check out my blog, particularly about this, this uh, writer issue. I think you'll find it very helpful. Um, also, if you, uh, if you haven't yet... Uh, de-subscribed, unsubscribed from the old enhanced AAC feed at iTunes, please do so and subscribe to the new one. Uh, I'm guessing that if you're listening to this or watching this, you probably have already, but just in case, uh, go back to Podcast 49 for details on how to do that. And of course, if you have any questions or comments, share, share. We love to hear from you guys. Mm. Send all those to mail at chuckpodcast.com. And very, very cool, before we leave you, um, our next podcast is actually going to be a special podcast that will be released right after the season finale. So you can watch for it uh, after the finale airs in the Western time zone. We want to make sure that, uh, that that has a chance to fully finish before it comes out. But there will be one either late night Monday or very early Tuesday. And it's going to be a doozy. You're going to love it. Don't want to miss this one, you guys. Just take Tuesday off of work. There you go. <laughs> Mm, and that's all we got that doesn't involve spoilers. And we actually do have a few, even though this the uh, season finale is coming up on Monday. Remember, it is a two-hour finale. And so make sure to check your local listings in terms of when and where that's on. And uh, make sure you invite all your friends. And make sure lots of eyes are on the TV because it is going to be eye-worthy. Um, so I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this finale, and I can't wait to talk about it afterwards. Absolutely. It's going to be a long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, you can safely turn the podcast off now. Otherwise, let's dive on in. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. And we're back. Mel, what do you have for us?
Well, in this week's spoiler chat, E's Kristen Dos Santos has a little scoop for the Chuck season finale. Joyce from Huntington Beach, California, uh, wrote in and asked uh, and said, I'm so happy Chuck got another season. What's ahead? And Kristen responds, if you thought the ring was evil before, things are about to get totally out of control when they target Casey's daughter again. Yep, the one we briefly met a few weeks ago. And once the evil agents discover what Chuck is, uh, what Chuck's made of, it's his super smart daddy-o to the rescue. So we've got uh, Casey's daughter under attack. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, Chuck in danger with Papa Bartowski wanting to come to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've seen the promo for uh, the finale, there's a lot of that in there. Um, the promo, as we've just mentioned, is one of the most spoilery promos that we've ever seen. Uh, obviously, we've seen that the Bymore is burning and exploding somehow. Uh, we saw that Casey actually reveals to his daughter that she that he is uh, her father. Um, we see that Ellie sees Chuck in action. Mm-hmm. Um, is so yowie, lots of lots of <laughs> lots of stuff. I I I admit I I'm like like you guys know I'm not that much into spoilers and um, I got to try to. Get those out of my mind before I watch. But mind you, uh, Mel, you you mentioned this is a thirty second promo and a eighty four minute finale. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's lots that they didn't spoil. And if that's just the tip of the iceberg, boy, it's going to be a big iceberg. It was breathtaking. Yep. And uh, there there is a little Easter egg there as well. You can go to ChuckTV.net to find out where to pause because there's a little message to the fans in the uh, in the promo. Which was very cool, and uh, we appreciate Crystal Elements sending in that screen cap to let us know about it. I followed up on that with NBC, and they confirmed that, yes, it was meant to be there. And it's because they know that we analyze these things frame by frame. <laughs> so they knew we would see it, yeah. and uh, they were kind of excited that within 10 minutes of the promo <laughs> being released, uh, so they were already, people were already talking about it. So Yeah. Yep. We cool. see you. Because we we're Chucksters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, please absolutely send your tweets, send your emails, let us know what you think about the finale, and uh, we can't wait to have that podcast next week. That's right. Yep. So, that's all we got, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye, Chucksters. <laughs>